Hello there, this is Crystal, and you're listening to the Crystal Archive Podcast. Welcome to the Crystal Archive Podcast, episode number 36, recorded September 13th, 2015. I am your host, Mr. Crystal, and today we have a guest star, Brian from the UK. Brian? Hello, Mr. Crystal, and hello, Crystal Archive fans. Um, I first met Mr. Crystal at Furry Fiesta 2016. Um, that's 2015, right? That's 2015, sorry. Get a little ahead of yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I had a lot of fun, uh, over there. Uh, first, first time in the U S right. For, yeah. First time in the U S and, uh, uh, also met, um, the crystal cosplayer, uh, there as well. Um, Ayano Haramaki and it was, it was a big thrill for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good to hear it. And he were, he, he yeah. showed up, like I started, I was recording, uh, Ayano myself and, uh, walking there and then I, and then, uh, he comes up in this really flashy red jacket, like super duper blood red uh. jacket. And, but, but <laughs> over, over a black shirt with a picture of crystal on it. And I was like, I think yeah. I've met someone who understands me. Yeah, the um, the red jackets I was wearing was uh, for the Red Arrows, um, which are uh, the Royal Air Force's aerobatic team. Oh yeah. So he, he, yeah. Brian likes to uh, follow the the uh, aerobatics displays in in Europe, right? Right. Yeah. I've seen some. He's had, he has some of video recordings of it on his channel. Mm. Um, uh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, um, I, I did record the official um, aerobatics display uh, during the uh, Blackpool Air Show this year. I have got the video for it, but I haven't had time to sort through it. Well, when you get that done, mm. we'll be anxious to mm. see it. So, yeah. it's been, uh, our last podcast was in February, uh, which was a bit weird because it was a video podcast, live video panel podcast at uh, Furry Fiesta 2015. Uh, mm -hmm. My first time presenting live, uh, at least for a crystal-related thing. I present, I've done presentations for other things before. Uh, and that was really exciting. Brian was in attendance along with Ayano, the Crystal cosplayer, and uh, lots of other Crystal fans, including Eggman, uh, formerly Eggman, now Stratosphere Tully, uh, who runs the yeah. Crystal Lovers Association. And we had a great time. Why don't we get right into that and talk about that? Because that was the last thing that happened. So let's talk about the, the presentation and what was revealed there. Okay. So I had, I, had, uh, I had decided a few months 
back in October to try and do a podcast in this uh, panel format at Furry Fiesta because I had the opportunity to do so. I said I saw some of these panels going on at other conventions and I thought, boy, it, it doesn't. And I don't mean to sound rude or anything, but it seemed like the barrier to entry, the requirements for quality, were pretty low. It's like, well, if they can do it, surely I can. So I sent an email to the conference organizer to say, hey, I want to do this podcast panel. And they're like, sure, yeah, that sounds great. That's the sort of thing that we, that we do all the time. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to do a panel. Now what do I actually have to present? And that began a several-month-long period of research to find a bunch of stuff that I could reveal because I because if you're going to go to a presentation it's it's best if you can surprise and delight your audience with new stuff so you were there Brian you got to experience it for the first time with no spoilers you just you just got to go there and hear what I had to show off for the first time so if I if you if you could tell me what it was like uh uh, being in the panel hearing uh, what we talked about and any of your favorite moments um, well, it was uh, a real thrill uh, to be there for that podcast. Um, I think uh, my favorite bit was um, where you covered um, the slippy bashing from Star Fox Assault, yeah. um, especially uh, Crystal's line um, after um, after Falco calls him an absolute moron. Yeah, and Crystal says... Uh, uh, she says, that's, that's, that's what we uh, love about him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, to be honest, I, I never heard that line before no, either. Uh, in the game. Yeah. Um, I keep wondering where, where, what you have to do in that level to get her to say it. I think you just have to fly around yeah. for long enough. Ah, right. With not doing anything. They, they have a bunch of, they had a bunch of uh, scripted, uh, scripted conversations that would occur the longer you played, they would just play these little little snippets that kind of had the characters talking about the mission or something that happened or their characters themselves. Uh, and uh, yeah. that was just one of them. In one of the later missions, that there was uh, Falco ragging on Slippy and then Crystal agreeing with him, <laughs> which I, you know, but she kind of laughed when she said it, so I think, I think they were okay. Yeah. So in addition to that, we also talked to we talked about how I uh, messed with the emulators for the first time uh, to try and figure out what I could do uh, with the emulation technology available today in regards to Star Fox Adventures and Assault because there's been a lot of stuff that we'd like to be able to do for a long time, almost, well, probably since before the beginning of the Crystal Archive. They just weren't able to do due to, due to the way that the media is locked into the game. But now with current emulation technology, I was able to get many things. I was able to get full HD 60 FPS uh, video of all the cutscenes from Adventures featuring Crystal, which I've since put on YouTube, and available for download on the site. Um, it turns out the emulator can emulate the, uh, the ma- uh, Max Replay cheat device, so we can do a bunch of cheats, one of which is replacing Fox's model with Crystal. Yeah, I remember we that one. We had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I can recall one of the scenes um, actually shows uh, the crystal in place of Fox, uh, like appearing above the screen where you just see her legs. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> um, because because there were two that's... crystals in the scene, and they were and both, and the game was telling Crystal that she needed to be holding on, but one of the crystals was up above, so she was just kind of floating in midair. Yeah, um, I think uh, yeah during the um, the thank you uh, uh, cutscene. Um, that was another one of the scenes, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What'd she do there? That's, oh, um, she, I remember, I can't really remember that well. I know that she did the move where Fox scratches the back of his head. All embarrassed and stuff. Um, yeah. But it's, but it's um, another version of Crystal. And also it's, um, the crystal in place of Fox was actually uh, just a little bit shorter than um, the actual crystal as well. Yeah, because because Fox is slightly shorter than than Crystal uh, in in Adventures at least, um, which is an interesting thing. Uh, we talked about this during the presentation. Is one of the things that I found with this code was that uh, when you replace Fox with Crystal. Uh, the, the crystal replacement model gets actually really tall, like too tall. So tall that certain camera angles are instead of pointing at her face are actually pointing at her chest and we couldn't have that. So I actually had to plug in the, the code that, that shrinks them and shrinks the main character, which worked, uh, but you had to be, I had, well, there were several codes that made things bigger or smaller and I had to modify the code to give me exactly the right height which I eventually figured out uh, but that couldn't be used in every cutscene because some cutscenes insist that she's a certain size which means that if you actually try and play it with this this shrunken code uh, she bounces up and down really fast like shrinking and <laughs> shrinking and, and expanding and shrinking and expanding like every every other frame it's really it's kind of funny <laughs> So and that was that was one thing, and then uh, we also found that this the glitch that lets this happen only works for the Crizoa Palace. You can only walk around as Crystal in the Crizoa Palace, except for a couple of times where it the game let me get through without uh, crashing, and what that resulted in was a walking box that sounded like Crystal, yeah. but it was just a giant colored box running around the screen, and and they did a cutscene as a box, and it was hilarious. So naturally, I made the I made the joke uh, Starbucks Adventures, yeah, and the warp stones like what is what is this you know. Oh dear. Um, yeah, I don't know who it was, but someone uh, in the panel behind me uh, made the joke, uh, fox in a box. Yeah. And I was like, you're so close. but You're almost, yeah. but no, it's Starbucks Adventures. So we had a lot of fun with that. The other things we found was that we were able to get all of the assault voice acting ripped. And that is a humongous amount. That is something like almost 3,000 sound effect files, most of which is conversation. Crystal and Falco and Slippy and Fox. And uh, I put out the call uh, for the among the panel members that they might help transcribe these conversations. Uh, and, and shortly after the presentation, I did put it up in a Google spreadsheet and allowed anybody to go in and modify uh, this document to try and get the all the conversational um, files transcribed and 
you, everybody pitched in, and it was done actually pretty quickly. I was surprised. It was mm. it was only about two weeks, and it was fully transcribed. And then Brian, at my request, what were you what were you responsible for recently? Um, checking through um, all the transcriptions, making making sure that uh, the words were spelled correctly, and also the grammar as well. And just making sure that things are consistent, you know, if they're using one kind of, uh, if, if they're using one kind of um, punctuation for a certain situation, that they use that kind of punctuation throughout or what whatnot. He was going through and cleaning it up, cleaning up the data before I can take a look at it and finally convert it down. And now that he's done with that, I'll be able to do this very soon, hopefully next week sometime. Uh, Pull this all out into a web page where you can quickly and easily search for just the conversation you want and see it in relative to where it is in the game or which character or whatever, all in one page. And you can listen and download any any of these uh, any of these cutscene uh, conversational audio sound effects. There are quite a few sound effects that were just like sound effects, like lasers and explosions, and I probably won't upload those uh, because those are pretty generic. Um, but thank you for that, Brian. That was very helpful. It was work that no I was going to have to do, and that you did it. You did it, so I was had time to focus on other things. So I really appreciate that. That's all right. And uh, what else? We also talked about a couple other things. Uh, we were able to re to rip the audio from Brawl, where Crystal has some cameo appearances among the other Star Fox characters. At which point, no one on the entire internet had been able to rip this. I was able to rip it using a rather different technique. It was pretty clever, I thought, in that um, they couldn't get the audio outside of the other sound effects going on. So what I did is I used uh, Brawl modding tools to mod the sound effects on those levels to be silence, which gave us a perfect silent um, soundscape to record the actual conversations we wanted to hear. Uh. So that was fun. And lastly, and I haven't finished this yet, I know how to do it, but I actually didn't have time to get all the audio. But I now have the ability to record all of the sound effects, not music. Well, music too, but the sound effects from Star Fox Adventures, which no one had been able to do prior to uh, a few months ago when they figured out the... Uh, the image, the audio format, so we can get all the um, the noises that Crystal makes when she jumps or attacks or gets hit or whatever. These smaller sound effects that involve her voice. Nice. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. And so we had just a great uh, panel. Ayano, like we said, was in attendance, and when we finished, uh, the twenty twenty five or so people who attended. Uh, we're able to come up and get pictures with me and with Ayano and everybody. Ayano was a great sport. She sat through the entire thing, even though she had no idea what we were talking about. And uh, <laughs> oh, and also she did at my request at the beginning. I was like, "Hey, you know, you're going to be in this panel. You could like model some of these Star Fox um, promo materials or 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 uh, merchandise that that I've been collecting collectibles." Um, and we started to do that at first for the first couple minutes, but then with the camera recording uh, and the awkwardness of conversation, I was like, you know what, let's just cut it short. She, so she, she, she showed a couple of things off, but then we, we cut it short. I was going to have her model like all the different things that I had brought, but we kind of ran out of time. 
So uh, we got it. We had to start late because there was another panel in there before, and then another panel was immediately following us. So we had to get out of there pretty quickly. Unfortunately, I would have liked to have had more time. Mm. So that day, though, Friday and Saturday and Sunday, we all followed Ayano around like her paparazzi. <laughs> so uh, we uh, got a lot of video and and a lot of fun fun moments on video and so uh, if you would Brian could you tell us about um, any of the fun or interesting moments you saw when you were recording Ayano? Um, the best pass uh, was actually on the Sunday. Um, it was uh, sometime after you left. Uh, Ayano got uh, a proposal from one of the other first users. Um, Describe the scene for us. Oh, um, first it was uh, just like any other scene. Um, just a few people taking video and pictures, um, kind of like the Congoers do. And then suddenly out of the blue, the first user just gets on his knee and just says, marry me. Really, really loud, the, right? Yeah. <laughs> marry me! Um, and she just, well, she says, oh. And she, like, puts her mouth to, or her hands to her mouth, like, oh. It's, it's so I just, endearing. He just says that. On, he just says that out of the blue. <laughs> and I could hardly believe it myself. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I think that was the best bit of, uh, of Sunday, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. She was doing um, her um, adventures suit on Sunday. She's doing a yeah, assault on yeah. uh, Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday, yeah, that, that was a surprise uh, for me as well. I thought she was going to um, do the assault out, uh, outfits. You know, I really, really like the assault yeah. outfit. It's just really, oh, really yes. good. So do I. <laughs> she did really good work on that. It's just too bad that she couldn't bring the Gatling gun. Yeah, um, I'm just hoping that she's uh, able to bring it for further confusion 2016. I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. Um, maybe they've relaxed the standards a little bit. I don't know, but uh, hmm. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. She's got she's got a new suit, um, a slight modifications on the old suit. That's, that's it's still assault, but it's slightly slightly improved, slightly more game accurate. If you didn't know what to look for, you would. You might say that there was no changes all at all, but there were actually a couple of small details that made it just a, that much more accurate to the game. Yeah, I, th- I think I noticed um, another difference uh, other than the ones that you mentioned on the site. Yeah. So I think uh, the arms, especially, I think they're made of leather because uh, I noticed the light was shining off them and into the camera. Um, when before it looked like they were made um, just of ordinary fabric, that stretchy uh, spandex uh, fabric. Yeah, so that's that's another difference. So. I did not notice that one. That's a that's a new one for me. I'm gonna uh, tell, I'm gonna pull up a picture here real quick and look. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's definitely it's got some shiny parts. Definitely some shinier parts than before, especially the part around her wrist, the uh, the, uh, the gauntlet part. Yeah, it goes over the top of her hand. Yeah, it's definitely shinier than it was. You're right. Yeah. So there you go. So I, at first I thought that the shininess was like 
uh, an error, like uh, where the maybe like maybe when maybe she was like gluing stuff to the suit to the outside of the suit, and that was some extra glue. But now that I look at it, you're right. It might just be a shiny bit, like it's actually a shinier material, and that's the light reflecting off of it. Well, that's really cool. Well, we uh, I had a lot of fun too. Um, Ayana was super gracious gracious and let us hang out with her pretty much the whole time. Uh, which we later found out was maybe slightly too long uh, because she sent me she sent us an email uh, about a month ago saying that uh, yes absolutely she will be at uh, further confusion 2016 which is in January assuming nothing bad happens of course but uh, you know we're hoping not but uh, she'll be there so am I she'll be there and Brian will be there with my camera because I won't be there unfortunately. Uh, and there will have several other friends I hope uh, be in town there too um, Fox type uh, will be there um, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name but we we done a podcast with him before uh, and I'm hoping that the uh, FJ McLeod will be there he's the he's the uh, Fox McLeod first suitor I'm hoping he'll be there because when those two interact it's really great because they you know they 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 need to be together, Fox and Crystal. Mm. Now, if if I see Fox McLeod there, I'm definitely gonna uh, indicate to Crystal that he's there and maybe suggest uh, getting a few photos. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, he would yeah. love to. It, when 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 I met him before in 2012, I think when we it was Ayano and him and several other people, um, he didn't even know. Uh, Crystal was there, and we told we told him it's like, "Okay, could we get a picture?" And he's like, "He's like, oh, she's here!" And he like ran and gave her a hug. <laughs> he was so happy. He's like, "It made my con." And so we, I actually know the guy, uh, not real life, but I mean, I have his email contacts, and I'm going to get him in. I'm gonna get him into the loop and find out if he can be there. Make sure he knows that Ayana will be there, so he can, you know, dress up as Fox McCloud and be ready for that. So hopefully you all get a lot of photo opportunities. But like I was trying to say, though, um, Ayana did mention to us that we spent a bit too long hanging out in front of the table where she, uh, with her friends, where, who are mostly artists from Japan. Uh, and as a result, you know, was, we were kind of getting a little in the way of, uh, of uh, potential customers, it turned out. So uh, what we're going to do, what Brian's going to do, and, and anybody else who wants to follow Crystal around and record or take pictures is uh, while we're basically not going to stay in front of the uh, uh, table too long and mostly spend time with Ayano when she's walking about outside among the crowd, not actually in the uh, dealer's room so much. That's the, that's the plan anyway. And I've talked to Brian about this. He agrees. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to respect their their need to make money because that's why they're there after all. And that's why we get to see Crystal in the first place. It's because uh, she's able to come along with her friends. So that's exciting. Now, with that done, it was just a few... Uh, it's just a, a month later, less than... Oh, just like a week, week and a half later, we got a surprise April 1st Super Smash Brothers Nintendo Direct. Now, everybody was expecting a joke because, you know, it's April 1st. <laughs> and no one knew what the pan what the uh, what the um, Nintendo Direct was going to be about. They thought that perhaps it was going to be Star Fox related, since we hadn't heard anything or seen anything about the game. But they revealed that it was 
Smash Brothers, and they revealed their plans for bringing DLC characters and stages, starting first with Lucas, and then with, uh, uh, who else was it? Lucas and, I can't remember. It wasn't the, it wasn't Ryu from Street Fighter, or was it? Oh yeah, it was. It was Ryu from Street Fighter. That was, that was, I thought it was, I thought that was later, but yeah. Ryu and Lucas were revealed as playable characters coming to DLC, and of course Mewtwo is coming, and they showed off two new stages, the Mario stage and the Zelda stage from the first game, from the 64. But the thing that really, really got people's attention was, Brian? Crystal? Well, almost. Uh, the fighter ballot. Uh... Ah, uh, yeah. So the, for the first time, at least in America, and indeed all over the world, they asked for suggestions for who they would put in Smash Brothers. What did you think when you saw that? Uh, I thought Crystal had to yeah, right away uh, be like um, on the well, right at the top of the list. You would um, think so, right? So. Yeah, Crystal and King K. Rule and a couple others, uh, Isaac and a couple others have been like fan favorite requests for Smash Brothers since the Brawl days. Yeah, so we got everybody freaked out, got super excited, and they're like, "Vote for Crystal! Vote for Crystal!" <laughs> yeah. uh, which I encouraged. Uh, I put I changed the uh, the Twitter page for the Crystal Archive, uh, Blue Vixen News, uh, to show a vote for Crystal banner and uh, put the hashtag and sent everybody a link to the fighter ballot so they could put it in. Which, by the way, the fighter ballot ends on October 3rd, 2015. So if you have not voted, now is the time to vote for Crystal. And if you don't want to... F now, if you don't want to vote for Crystal, I understand. Now is a time for quiet reflection and thought rather than going and voting for your character because we don't want you to vote for your character. We want you to vote for Crystal. <laughs> because that is the way that um, the world should be. Mm -hmm. And it's not just me saying that. I, I am biased, but it's not just me saying that. Pretty much every uh, group and poll that has brought together fans' requests, uh, they may not put Crystal as their first choice, but she seems to always be on their list somewhere, uh, usually in the top ten. And she has the added advantage of being a official Nintendo property so they don't have to deal with legal issues of getting third-party characters. But but that's all given. That's all given. So, Brian, if you could have a choice, besides Crystal, let's just assume that Crystal's getting in the game. Okay. Is there some other character that you'd like to see in Smash Brothers? There is. It would be Blaze the Cat from Sonic. Blaze the Cat? Yeah. Really? Yeah, from Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me why. Uh, she's actually my favorite, uh, second favorite uh, character in um, in games that I play besides Crystal. Um, she. And why? Uh, why is that? Uh, she's been my favorite ever since uh, the first game uh, that I played of her came out, which was uh, Sonic Rush back in two thousand and five. And now, see, I don't know that much about Blaze, so just, like, can you describe her attributes, like, what, what makes her different from the other Sonic characters? Well, I've never really thought of it that way. Um, all right, I'll give it a go. Um, she's, she comes from either another dimension or the future. 
uh, along with another character. So she isn't really in the majority of Sonic games, apart from uh, games such as Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Um, but that's not really... Those aren't really games with storylines, so... Right. Um, I suppose... Um, it's because she doesn't appear um, in all the games that were, were released since then, as the other characters too, uh, do, I should say. And I suppose um, it'd be nice to, to get her in more games. Okay. And what is it that, that makes her your favorite character uh, versus some other character? Um... Is it just like do you like her art, her character design, or her art style, or what? What is it? Yeah, um, it's. Oh. oh, sorry about that. You getting a phone call? No, that was uh, my doorbell. Someone um, come. Oh, you need to get that. Um. Well, chances are it'll be for the uh, flat downstairs. Uh, okay. Um. No big deal. Uh, oh, continue. Continue. Okay. Um. Where, where was I at? You, you, you liked uh, you pretty much liked her art style and her design. Uh, yeah. So that's the that's the main reason. She's just a she's just a uh, character you see less often, and so you'd like to see more of her. Yeah. Um, All right. Fair. I think that if I that if I would pick somebody, I think that Isaac from the Golden Sun series is probably a good choice too, because again, oh. Nintendo owns the rights to that. Boy, they're insistent, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but uh, shall I go down no, and see? No, no, oh, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. So, uh, uh, Nintendo, like I said, they own the rights to Isaac, and he's a psychic character who's got—he's uh, got a lot of potential as a fighter because he can do swords, but he can also do like attacks at a distance. He can be both a close-up fighter and a distance fighter, whereas most of the fi- the sword fighting characters in in Smash Brothers. Are almost exclusively, uh, probably are exclusively uh, close range. Well, I guess you could say that Link is a long range because he's got his bow and arrow and his boomerang and his bombs. But most people don't don't use those uh, as much as they do the sword. Whereas Isaac would use, um, he might actually use his long range stuff more than his sword, in spite of being a sword character. So I think he'd be interesting in addition to Crystal. Um, I certainly like the Golden Sun series. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, shortly now, not much. A lot of smaller things happened uh, between then and the next big event, uh, between uh, the April first event and the next and, a, and the next big thing. And we're going to talk about those later in a bigger uh, segment uh, that's just dedicated to the smaller uh, bits of news. So we'll move straight on to the big one, the big. But the big news this year, which was E3 2015. And we got to see for the first time the new-ish Star Fox <laughs> game called Star Fox Zero. And to put it lightly, the reaction to the game was decidedly very strongly mixed because some people just freaked out that it was not an assault sequel you know, mm. not counting a command, uh, or or just the fact that there was no crystal. But on the other hand, people were like, it's great because it's it reminds me of the game that I really liked, which 
the universally acclaimed Star Fox 64 is indeed a great game and should be emulated and duplicated by anyone uh, who can uh, or who is trying to make an arcade shooter. It is, in my opinion, the gold standard for that type of game. That doesn't mean I don't want to see Crystal, of course, but as it was pointed out by several people, you know, if Crystal was in this game, because it's set during the timeline, uh, during the time span of Star Fox 64, that Crystal would have been about 12 years old and probably not suited for the military life at that point. <laughs> but um, just people were just gnashing their teeth and freaking out. I just could not believe how strong the re reaction was. Now, at this point, it's still a little secretive. We don't know for sure exactly what it is because Nintendo went out of their way to tell us what the game was not. They said it is not a prequel, and it is not a sequel, and it is definitely not a remake, which makes us question what exactly it is. That has led some people to conclude that it must be an alternate timeline game or something like that. Uh, but the best thing that Nintendo has provided in terms of what it is supposed to be is more of a memorable uh, love letter to that game. Not the same game, but involving the same time period and expanding upon the gameplay. A similar but different story in the same time frame. So we don't know exactly. I'm going to reserve judgment until we see more of it. But that's just the fan reaction. Let's talk about the game itself. Now, Brian, can you tell us what you remember about the game and anything you're looking forward to or things that perhaps you're not looking forward to. Maybe you're a little uh, nervous about about this game. Tell me, tell us uh, what you think. Um, well, I've, to, to be honest, I saw some uh, videos on YouTube uh, just a short time ago of, um, uh, that were taken at E3 of uh, some people playing the game. Um, at the moment, there isn't uh, any areas which I'm not looking forward to. Uh, but I was very surprised uh, when I saw um, gameplay of the R-Wing actually walking on the ground. Um, and, well, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's something which... The, ch the chicken. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's, that's something that I'm looking forward to. Um, and also... Um, the landmaster can is can is it float or fly that the landmaster can, can fly do? for it can fly for a short time yeah a short time yeah that's what I'm looking forward to as well. Um, what else? Well, there's he has that droid thing, the drone. Yes, um, with uh, the two propellers on the sides. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I, I noticed the. Um, the tiny robots. Uh, what was that? Yeah. What was that called? I don't know if they it's, gave it a name yet. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I saw it just a, a while ago. Now I can't remember the name. But uh, but yeah, that's that reminds me of um, Sonic Boom, the the, the Rise of Lyric. Uh, there was something similar in that. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was one of uh, I think Tails' uh, inventions. Um, and that's another reason I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, uh, the um, I'm actually a little concerned that it's not a pure arcade shooter in the in the sense that where you where you fly is also where you aim. Now you can 
fly with the joystick and you can aim with the with the motion controls and um, people were very clear that you know when they first picked up the game it was a little awkward and they weren't expecting it and they weren't quite sure how to fly and they weren't quite sure where to look hmm. and I think that's probably going to be the main uh, complaint that people have when they start to review the game which is coming out is coming out in November November 20th I believe yeah and uh, I think that that's what they're going to complain about at first but then but then as people played it for a little bit longer maybe a couple hours it started to click and they they were able to do things that they just weren't able to do in a traditional uh, flying thing so I'm looking forward to how the gameplay will change when you can aim in a different direction than when you're the direction which you're flying yeah I, that I think is probably the most interesting gameplay difference um, and then of course <clears throat> excuse me the drone um, will because it can do vertical takeoff and landing and it has a tethered robot uh, character on it that it's going to provide in a game that's an action shooter it's going to provide uh, the possibility of basically puzzle levels you'll be able to play it's not going to be so much flying and shooting the enemies it's going to be avoiding the enemies or or getting into tricky spots with your maneuvering ability and your ability of the robot to grab things or push buttons or whatever so I'm looking forward to the kinds of puzzle type gameplay that they can make with this new type of vehicle. Me too. The other thing that they talked about, they didn't really talk about it that much uh, at, at E3 proper, but they did um, show off a release, a tentative release schedule, including the surprise re-release of Star Fox Command for the virtual console. Now that's the DS Star Fox game which has been met with almost universal disappointment. Not for the gameplay, though, oddly. The gameplay was okay. It wasn't the best, but it was okay, uh, if a little boring. The <laughs> problem was that the story was just out there. They had multiple paths and multiple endings, but none of the endings resembled each other. There was no way to tell what the real ending was, and that was on purpose, it turned out. They wanted you the player to decide what the ending was and they gave you lots of choices many of which were just weird or freaky or sad there were very few actually truly happy endings um, and regardless of that uh, the fans really kind of wanted to know what the real ending was they were very focused on knowing you know the one and so that has sparked many debates about what the actual ending really was and even more debates about whether Star Fox Command should even be considered canon in the first place. Did you ever play that game, Brian? I did, yeah. Um, only on the DS. Um, I haven't managed to look on the eShop yet. Well, I can. I did try it, and I made it, posted a video about it, and I can confirm that it is pretty much exactly the same in every regard. Um, so I, you know... I think it's a game that you should play through a couple times to get a couple different endings, but uh, it doesn't provide the kind of replay value that Star Fox 64 and or even Star Fox Adventures provides. Mm. Uh, because in spite of the multiple paths and the different endings, the gameplay is just so similar throughout. You know. Yeah. Whereas 
and adventures, you're always going to get a thing and bringing a thing somewhere. Okay, but the, the locations change and the, the way in which you do that is different and there's puzzles. So there's some difference there. In Star Fox 64, pretty much every mission is different. Not just where you are and who you're fighting, but the way in which you're fighting. Which I think is the brilliant thing about the Star Fox series, in Star Fox 64, is that, yes, you're flying and you're shooting, but on one stage you're flying and shooting to defend a base. And then the other one, and then another one, you're flying and shooting to avoid detection. And then another one, you're trying to protect a convoy. Well, yeah, well, kind of. And then there's another one, yeah, you're protecting the great fox. And then another one, you're trying to defeat this really hard enemy in a certain amount of time. So it's like they always put these little bitty extra pieces on there that really add something to the overall gameplay. Even though the gameplay is the same it changes the way you accomplish it and so it feels like a different game kind of like how Zelda when you play in a Zelda game you're really just running around riding a horse and slashing a sword but there's so much more to it than that you know because of the little the little changes throughout Starbucks command is unfortunately almost all the almost all of the enemies are generic and almost all of the missions are exactly the same it's just a matter of how many enemies and how long you have to defeat them. That's really the major difference between the different uh, levels. The boss fights were interesting though. When you when you actually did have a real boss though, they did have a pretty good variation I would say. Kind of a mixed feelings with me, um, but hey, it's a it's an official game from the Star Fox series, so I think it's worth a play, at least once. Me yeah, too. So. All right, so next we got some. Some really sad news. Um, this affected the entire industry. Mr. Satoru Iwata has died after complications when he struggled after struggling with some health issues for over a year. He had to take some time off uh, a year ago from doing presentations and running the company uh, to get his health back in order, and everybody thought he had succeeded and that he was fine, but. Uh, rather suddenly, uh, he succumbed to his illness and uh, and perspired. So we really we're really going to miss him because he was like Miyamoto and like Reggie, uh, but in a different way. He I think really represented the difference between Nintendo as a company and most other game companies. He really cared, and he was really talented at what he did. You know, he used to be a game programmer and an engineer. And then he moved into the business side of things later on. So he will be missed. Do you have any? Do you have any words, Brian? Um, uh, nothing seems good enough, really. That's that's the truth. Well, we'll move on, but he will be missed. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that Nintendo will probably do something nice uh, on his um, some kind of on the anniversary perhaps mm. you know uh, since then since he since he passed on um, there haven't been any Nintendo directs uh, not counting E3 or no sorry he was alive during E3 there haven't been any Nintendo directs since since uh, since E3 uh, since he passed um, and many were think that maybe they weren't going to have any more but uh, there's evidence that they will have some more Nintendo directs but it'll probably be Mr. Miyamoto or Reggie or somebody else who's done who's worked in the Nintendo Directs uh, working with it because in the past Mr. Iwata was the one who entered at least introduced 
the Nintendo Directs. He may not have always led them, but he was usually the one who introduced these. So let's move on to the editing project. You and I both had a hand in this. Yeah. Um, so when we were recording Ayano, we took a bunch of pictures, but most of what we did was recording video. Yeah. And over the course of three days, uh, in addition to the fursuit parade, which is a whole thing in and of itself, uh, I recorded a total of one and a half hours of Ayano walking around and interacting with visitors and posing for cameras and stuff like that. And Brian, you did some too. How much did you get? Uh, in the end, I got about maybe an hour and 45 in total. Didn't you lose some footage somewhere? I did, yeah. Um, the problem was that uh, the batteries in my camera ran out and, uh, well, without warning, that was on the third day. Um, and then when I tried to stop the recording at that point, the whole camera just froze. So I tried to replace the batteries, but it looks like replacing the batteries must have done something to the video card or corrupted it in some way. And I lost um, one hour and a half worth of footage oh, in, to in total, but only 45 minutes of that was of the footage of Iano. The, oh, okay. the other 45 minutes was of the first use improv. So um, I managed to recover everything else, which is good. I just wish I hadn't have lost that other, other part of the footage. Yeah, Brian and I exchanged footage when we were there, so we both had a copy, I think, of the other person. Well, I had a copy of his stuff. He didn't have a copy of mine because he didn't have his computer, but uh, we, I had a backup of some of his stuff anyway. Uh, but I think that's the stuff you, you still had, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately that footage is lost for... So that would have been like the Sunday morning type stuff? Yeah, that's when um, Ayano first arrived um, to the con uh, on the Sunday on the Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But we did get a huge amount of footage and editing that. Well, that took a while. It did. We had a couple of... We had a couple of... Uh, Strange requirements. Um, I'll mention a couple. Um, first off, uh, we had to go through and um, we had to... There were certain individuals that who will remain unknown, uh, but who wish to remain unknown. And seeing that we were recording footage and happening to, happening to have uh, seen us, uh, seen us recording, uh, they said, hey... Uh, I don't actually want to be part of the recording. So we, we worked with them, and so uh, we actually removed stuff that would identify them. And, of course, the standard stuff, like on occasion some people would uh, say some do some language stuff that wasn't, you know, it's not appropriate for all audiences, so I had to censor that. Some personal stuff that needed to be censored for, for personal reasons. So we did all that. But and and but remember for three and a half. Let's see. So I had an I had two and a half hours. You had an hour and forty five minutes. So what is that? That's four, almost four and a half hours of footage to go through. Yeah. And make sure it's okay. You know, it's just it was a lot. And then we did. You got yours done way before I did. Yeah. But thank but 
for my, for our benefit, primarily for my benefit, he was gracious enough, Brian was gracious enough to not release his stuff immediately uh, so that so that neither of our stuff would get uh, drowned out by the other one. We agreed to pretty much more or less release our stuff at almost the same time so that uh, you know one wouldn't be forgotten about in the case of the other. Uh, and I think that I think that ended up working well. Um, he released his footage first. Two videos. One was. It was um, a trailer with um, music in the background. Uh, it was uh, "Shooting from the Moon" by Amy Holland. It wasn't my original choice. Um, my original choice was to actually uh, use the song "Burn" by Ellie Goulding. However, that was um, deemed copyright content. So I had to make another choice. Um, and the, the video of the trailer is just a, a compilation of uh, short clips from my entire footage. Um, and the second video was all the footage that I had um, of Iano during the con, uh, minus the parts that I had to edit out. And I managed to get uh, an hour and 15 minutes in total for that. Not bad. I got, uh, and then I've made mine, which first, uh, it w and Brian was really, really helpful in this. He, he went through my footage too and helped me figure out what needed to be uh, cleaned up or, or moved or censored or whatever. Um, and then I got my three and a half hours of footage edited down to its final size uh actually yeah was it was i did i have like three and a half footage and it ended up being two and a half hours i guess so yeah but that but some of the but most of that you know but an hour of that was would have been the first suit parade which you know most of that we won't see anyway because you know it's just hundreds and hundreds of other uh suits and costumes that are not crystal and that's not appropriate for a crystal related thing and then I made a also a highlights video where I took all the funny moments or the interesting moments or the heartwarming moments and I put them all in one video with a lot of like music to go with it uh, appropriate to each scene uh, and I actually got flagged for my content even though I'm, I'm not using like the whole song I'm just using like a clip from these different songs I still got I still got uh, flagged, but it's okay. I mean, it, it was not a big flag. It was just like, hey, we noticed that you used some of some of Madonna's music, uh, so you're going to not. Uh, so we're gonna like maybe put ads on your video or something. I don't know. Uh. But uh, I was I took the video I took the song the first part of the song from a Madonna. I think it's called. Actually, I don't know what the song is called, but in the song that. Uh, the the person singing uh, says strike the pose you know and I had I had Ayano doing different poses like when she would do different poses throughout the day I clip I cut them all into one short segment of her doing lots of little poses in time to the music so I, I thought that worked really well I did <laughs> people really liked that video I also really liked this uh, part where I recorded uh, really awkward moments that were like it was awkward 
because of the fact that uh, she was wearing a fursuit and like you can't really see very well when you're wearing a fursuit or uh, you don't have a good you don't have a very good like uh, peripheral vision when you're wearing a fursuit so like I just called it, it was like fursuit problems and I had this funny music playing where like you know somebody walked beside her and they have a giant wing on their back you know, yeah. two wings and she's like turns she's like oh I can't uh, how do I get around this? this? This guy's wings are in the way, you know. It, you can. It's almost like you can see her expression, even though it's you know it's a mask. It's not moving. It's almost like you can see an expression on her face. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I had a lot of fun making that. Uh, did you like any any other parts of of the of the videos you want to um, call out? Uh. Just... Don't the, um, I can remember one part in the short video where um, Ayana was just about to leave the dealer's den and one, uh, one, oh, yeah. one man actually moved to the side. Uh, and, he did, and he did a really, like, like yeah. a butler would get out of the way <laughs> for, for, for the, for the, for the guy he's like for his master yeah. you know and he's like and he had his arm up like over his chest like go please please mm. proceed my yeah. lady you know um and uh like that's where you stopped the footage and typed in gentleman yes uh, Point to it. this is a gentleman yeah. just so you know yeah <laughs> um oh and yeah there was another bit um the when you and iana were outside and uh, she did a pose uh, by like leaning against the tree, uh, like she kind of like wagged her tail back and forth. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, there was uh, the song like, similar to that. Um, was it "Whip My Hair"? But well, it yeah. was actually it actually says "Whip My Tail" back. Yeah, and that was that was a good bit. <laughs> I I I knew I had to do that one. Yeah, but. When I got the audio of it, which is from the Chipmunks movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen, I've, and, and, I've, sorry, I was going to say, I've, got, um, I've seen that movie. Yeah. You've seen that movie? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. So anyway, so I, I got the audio and I had to slow it down because it sped up to make it sound like that. So I slowed it down so you could actually hear it. Ah. And then, so it was actually like, it was actually like 10 seconds of her just saying... I whip my tail back and forth <laughs> over and over and over. And so originally it was that. That was it was like ten seconds of her doing it. And I was like, I have to cut it shorter than this. It's just too much. It's too much. Because I was like, I don't want to put this in I really don't want to put this in there, but I have to. I have to. <laughs> yeah. So I did. And so I think I afterward I said, sorry, had to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> really really fast on the in the on the on the background yeah i remember she did um she did the same thing in the first pass of footage uh, that i got of her yeah that was right before i came up yeah that was cool so moving on from ayano news let's talk about more stuff that was revealed from smash brothers yeah there was another i don't know if it was a nintendo direct but they revealed some stuff and they revealed that, among other things, they're bringing a whole bunch of new Me Fighter costumes, including a costume for King K. Rule, 
which is one of the enemies in Donkey Kong, uh, one of the main villains in Donkey Kong games. And since King K. Rule is pretty much the number one fan favorite besides Crystal, uh, and he gets included, but not as a character, but as a suit for a me fighter. Uh, that that was important because that kind of maybe possibly increases Crystal's chances because now she's not competing with King K. Rule. So that was that was interesting. Um, we also came up with a, a a website came up with they found an old interview with Sakurai, the man who makes Smash Brothers, where he was talking about uh, why they made the choices he made with the different characters and how he made the game and what his process was like. Not for the new Smash Brothers, but for Brawl. This is an old, old interview. And they finally translated it into English, and uh, to our great benefit, someone at the magazine indeed did ask the why not Crystal question. You know, why wasn't Crystal in Brawl? And uh, Sakura, uh, Sakurai announced uh, he responded that um, he was well aware that Crystal existed and that if he had had time to put her in the game that he would have, of course, had to have given her a unique moveset because she's just different from Fox and Falco and, 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 uh, and Wolf in a, in a very distinct way. And to do that, uh, well, they didn't really have time at that point. He, ba he basically said the, the reason why Crystal didn't make it further or didn't make it into the game was because they didn't have time. Not because she wasn't being accepted for some reason uh, due to her character or the series or whatever. Which is really encouraging. And that also revealed why Wolf was in the game. They, they put Wolf in. They basically admitted that Wolf was a clone. Not the same, but similar enough to Fox and Falco that they could put him in the game quickly. And he, he was the last character added to the game, it turned out right after Sonic, uh, who was also a latecomer, right at the end of development. So, uh, two pieces of evidence that really kind of give us a little bit more hope that Crystal will be a DLC character in the near future. So now we're finished talking about those two things, let's get back to talking about Ayano. Brian, I'm sure you've seen the new, uh, the last few posts on the site. Yes, I have. Yeah. What, what um, do you remember? Um, the There were quite a few pictures uh, posted. Um, first was uh, Ayano at, Inar at, in at an Inari shrine yeah. um, over in Japan. Um, and also uh, she took a few poses while uh, riding on a horse. Um, there was uh, pictures of um, a swimsuit as well. As well as a, how do you say, yukata? As, um, a yukata, yukata. Yukata, yeah. Which is a, it's a, it's a summer kimono dress. Well, not dress, that's not correct. It's, kimonos are worn, but worn by both men and women, but traditionally uh, women are known for wearing their kimonos because they're very brightly colored, whereas men's kimonos tend to be very dark colored. Hmm. Yeah, I thought they were cool. That that was a bit of that was a bit of information I learned on Wikipedia. Ah, right. When she said that, when Ayano sent me the pictures, she's like, "I'm sending you pictures of Crystal wearing uh, wearing a, a yukata," and I was like, "Okay, well, 
Uh, it looks like a kimono, but I don't know if it is. So I looked up what yukata means, and it, it just means it's a kimono uh, designed for summer use. It's a very cool, it's something very cool to wear in the hot summer months. And Ayano showed off her new adventure suit uh, where she's made, uh, well, it's a new, it's a completely new bodysuit. So it's less, there's, it's fur, but it's, it's shorter fur. So there's the, the, the line between her, her, uh, her belly fur that's white and the, the outer fur, which is blue, is a much more distinct line. And also she's added both fingernails and toenails to this fursuit, which is something I've never seen in a, a fursuit of this kind. Oh, I didn't notice that myself. You didn't even notice that? <laughs> no. The only, thing, the only thing missing, though, is when she's wearing this new adventure suit, there's no tail. Uh probably because she hasn't had time to add the tail yeah. uh, to the back because obviously she'd have to cut a hole for the tail ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but it's interesting to see she continues to develop this character I think she's done Ayano has done many characters in the past uh, she, I know she's done Renamon and she's done a character from from a show called Sherlock Hound it's like Sherlock Holmes but it's with a dog character I don't I don't actually know if that one is an English cartoon. It may not even be an English cartoon. It might be a Japanese only. I can't remember. But uh, regardless, uh, she's done a lot of these things in the past, in spite of being a very uh, private individual. Uh, when she does go out, she goes out in costume. She never like appears out, out of costume. So uh, she's been doing all this cosplay for years, and then finally she tried Crystal, and it was such a massive success that it appears that she's just going to keep going with crystal and just keep trying to make it better and better and better with different costumes from different games she has said that she's working on a command version now which is it's like a pink jumpsuit with some slight differences and uh i've suggested that she try and make the uh uh the unofficial one where it's like she's wearing like a flight jacket type thing and shorts which is a fan is a fan favorite way of, of uh, making her look more similar to the rest of the Star Fox team. So it'll be interesting to see what she does in the future. So she sent me a bunch of pictures over the course of a, a month, and I finally said I need to post these. I it, it took me a while, and it's like I need to post these. So I went and I posted them so that they would release uh, one set per day uh, for like five days. So we got to see her on the horse. We got to see her at the Anari farm with the, with the swimsuit, with the Yukata. And that was all really good. And then we followed it up with some information about saying that, Hey, look, Ayana will be at further confusion 2016. So if you want to be there, if you want to meet her, that's where you should go. Now I won't be there. And that she has a, uh, Twitter account where she posts, uh, cosplay related stuff every couple of days. So if you're interested in following Ayano, you can follow her on Twitter. Uh, she already has an address. So uh, she also sent a couple pictures a long time ago uh, that I'll mention here. Uh, since she couldn't bring the Gatling gun to America because she was fearful that the American uh, uh, TSA, the airline security, would confiscate her gun prop, so she decided to leave it in Japan. And as a result, uh, when she got back, she graciously took some photos of herself with the gun uh, and even a video uh, with it, with the new assault suit and the gun. 
uh, with it, it actually rotates and makes the noise. Um, and lastly, she sent me, well, she didn't send me these photos. These photos were she publicly posted on her Twitter, which we talked about earlier, but she's making slow, minor improvements to her assault suit, and she will be appearing at the Tokyo Game Show on September 20th, which is just not very far from now, just a week from now, a little over a week from now. Uh, and she will undoubtedly be bringing her gun along. So we should get a whole new set of pictures uh, in a couple of weeks or less. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, same way. Uh, so since we're talking about cosplay, um, during this period of, of news, talk about the new Star Fox Zero and Smash Brothers releases and Iano cosplay and um, you know recording the videos... And, and all the stuff we released about uh, stuff I showed off at the presentation. During this, there was a bunch of little things. So one of those things was we had a, I had a bunch of stuff where had people had rec reported that people had cosplayed as Crystal. And I just hadn't had the time to go through and post about it. So with the help of Brian, again, Brian is a very helpful individual. He helped me uh, write, out, write up some of these posts um, for several cosplayers. And that includes... Uh, Nay Lee, Mancoin, Twilight Productions, Set Set Shino, and so the So What cosplayers all did crystal cosplays over the past couple of years, uh, and they were all posted in the last few months uh, between between uh, the last podcast and now. Um, lots of different variations, most of them human-ish, not not full-on fur suits, right? Yeah, but. But all, but all really enthusiastic, and it's, it's great to see. We got. Uh, did you did you have any comments about those cosplayers or? I can't remember if I posted any. Um, you you helped me make the post, and then I posted them. Yeah, um, the the one with uh, about the Twilight Productions one uh, that was a bit difficult uh, to write because there wasn't any information on. Uh, where uh, that cosplay was actually uh, taken or where it was done so um so it, it was a bit and plus uh, plus with that one we actually don't know who the crystal cosplayer is because it was done as a group of Star Fox characters yeah it's, it just it wasn't just just crystal mm, it just said um who they were cosplaying as right well, uh, next, um, I experimented with some SVG, which means Scalable Vector Graphics. Uh, it's a way of specifying um, an image mathematically, with mathematical equations. And doing that, I was able to recreate uh, artistically perfectly uh, Crystal's uh, tattoo that she has on her hip, her cutie mark, if you will, if you follow My Little Pony at all. Um, but it's on her hip, and it's a little spiral with four triangles pointing outward. And um, if you actually download some of the models we have on the Crystal Archive, the 3D models, some of those models are either based heavily on the original Adventures model, or they're actually um, direct rips. Or at least, maybe not the models are ripped, but definitely the textures are ripped directly from the game. So. So we, could, we can actually get the exact image of what our spiral looks like. And if you look at it, you can see 
that while you can kind of sort of tell that it's a spiral, it's so low resolution for those textures that it's actually hard to make out. So I just made sure that I made a spiral that had the correct dimensions and the correct uh, number of rotations around the spiral. But otherwise, I stylized it, made it as perfect as I could, and I, I, and I did this for a very specific reason, which we'll get to in a minute. But ba but I just want to point out that I went in and I found out how to represent this tattoo mathematically in the smallest way possible. So this SVG file, which you can download and use in your own projects, I think uh, Undying Nephilim for the Star Fox uh, Event Horizon, he's actually using that symbol uh, in his game uh, for like iconography or maybe even for the logo, I'm not sure. But anyway, if you want to look at that, that's that's an interesting thing. You can. The cool thing about SVG is you can actually, just like you can look at the source code of a web page just by going up to uh, inspect element or, or show page source, you can actually click on the SVG, go to the SVG, and then look at its source. And you can actually see mathematically how Crystal Spiral is constructed. I think it's really cool. Next bit up, uh, we actually had a uh, revelation that Gray Firefox, one of the best 3D modelers and animators of crystal um, meshes uh, who disappeared you know a year and a half two years ago he just up and disappeared off the internet finally reappeared under a new name Cake Inferno on Fur Affinity and got finally gotten back in contact with me to release his final crystal pictures and some videos that he had stopped working on uh, before he left the uh, the internet and he's he's finishing those up and uh, he's he's expressed interest in basically not working on crystal related projects anymore not because he doesn't like crystal but because it's too much of a it's too much of a burden to him uh, for the for all the crystal fans who are very who are very precise and says it needs to be exactly this color and this shape and this size and he's just he was kind of doing it for fun and he wanted to he wanted to stay away from that specificity, so he says, "Look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make my own characters now. So here's the rest of the crystal stuff that I had, but I'm gonna move on to using my own characters in in future animation projects." And so that's what he's done. We're still in contact, still good friends, uh, and he has hinted that he's got some more crystal stuff. Uh, not so much to you know start again and making crystal stuff, but more along the lines of. I'm going to finish what I started. I'm going to make the version 1.5, which is what he plans to do. Finish 1.5 and then he'll be done. But he's basically going to finish up what he has left and have that all done. So looking forward to that. We'll get some new uh, 3D images and animations. Uh, well, maybe not animations, but models uh, in the coming future. Uh, and I don't know if you know, but he is responsible for the header image that's at the top of the crystal archive which mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for he he rented it it's it's a slightly older version of his model but um, it's her you know laying down working with a computer uh, in her adventures outfit and I think it's a really good thing and I'll uh, we'll have more to say about the the header image in just a little bit but just wanted to point that out he's responsible for the images we use on the site as well and so we're thankful for that any comments on that? Um, I thought his uh, his ass was uh, his uh, art. Uh, the 
picture on the, the top of the site at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought that was really good. Um, and, uh, well, I'm looking forward to the next piece of art that's going to appear there. Cool. Yeah, me too. Um, we got a, sh a small update from Undying Nephilim. He released a new demo over this period. Maybe even two demos, I can't remember. But he definitely released one demo, which included a beta version of Crystal being able to fly a Cloud Runner pterodactyl. Yeah. Uh, and shoot and shoot her staff beams around, fighting uh, stuff. He's also put stuff uh, related to Star Fox Zero, so you can actually fly the drone uh, in his demo now. Now it's all very alpha or beta, so it's not it does it's not just like complete or look you're even looking very good at this point. But it's a symbol of what's to come. So we're looking forward to further updates from Undying Nephilim on uh, Star Fox Event Horizon. And lastly, this is actually kind of important news. Uh, Mr. Uh, Dylan Cuthbert, who was the one of the original creators of Star Fox, he worked closely with Mr. Miyamoto when building the first game, and he's also also he's also responsible for Star Fox Command. Uh, he had an interview recently where they asked him a bunch of questions about Star Fox 2, the unreleased Super Nintendo game. And he talked a, a little bit about it uh, as a consequence of how he was able to make Star Fox Command. He actually went back and played the old demos of Star Fox 2 to get an idea of how he wanted to make Star Fox Command. And it turns out, he revealed for the first time, that Star Fox 2 is not only complete, but it's translated and available on Nintendo's servers. Nintendo actually has the game fully completed because they were like 98% finished with the game when they got the cancel order. And they're like, whatever, we're going to just finish it up. And they actually finished it up and they sent it to testing. It's been fully tested. It's ready to go. They could actually release the game with Virtual Console or whatever uh, if they wanted to. And I'm certainly hoping they will because it's a, it would be a massive uh change to the history of Star Fox because it's probably the most famous unreleased game. It's kind of funny because Dinosaur Planet, even though it's not technically a Star Fox game, it's related to Star Fox and it is also one of the most famous unreleased games of all time. So yeah, I just really think it would be cool. Even if they say, you know, it's not canon, we're just kind of releasing this as like a, a fun side thing for the for the fans, that's fine. Like I just want because I have never played the game because even though it's available uh, in emulated form, which we also found out is not the final version. It's not even close to the final version. What people played, uh, the the leaked emulation game, is something like uh, only fifty percent of the game was finished. So there's another fifty percent that people just don't even know about. Uh, I wish that they would release that so we could all get to see what it was going to be before the Nintendo sixty four was suddenly announced and they have to focus their efforts on on making N64 games. What do you think, Brian? I think... Uh, oh, I wish they uh, brought Star Fox 2 out as well. Um, I think that was a game I would have loved. Um, I mean, who knows, maybe sometime in the future they might. I sure hope so. You know, it's interesting too because they had uh, new playable... New, well, I don't know if they were playable, but definitely new characters. Mm. Mew and Faye were were playable 
or were available is part of the Star Fox team. I don't know if you could play them or if you could just have them on your team. I don't remember. I have never played the game, so I don't really know it that that well. Uh, I should I should probably just read a watch a bunch of gameplay videos. You know, speaking of un, unreleased game uh, Star Fox games, there's another one uh, for the Virtual Boy. There was a Virtual Boy Star Fox that existed as a tech demo, and it was only shown once to um, to uh, people at E3, and they were told no. Was it E3? It was either E3 or another consumer electronics show, and they were told not to record or take pictures. Hmm. Well, you know, a couple years ago, someone finally released their their you know VHS footage of the event. Uh, so for the first time, the world got to see what that was like. There was that game, and there was another game. They were for a short time they were working on a Star Fox arcade game called Star Fox Armada, and we don't know how much of that eventually ended up uh, as gameplay ideas for Star Fox Assault. But the the Armada arcade game definitely never came out. It was quickly abandoned, uh, uh, and they but they did they did release another game for that system for that arcade system the Triforce board board it was called. Uh, they released uh, F Zero AX the arcade version of F Zero GX. So that was pretty cool. Anyway, a little bit of history there. Um, I sure hope that they change their mind on that as a for historical reasons they bring out Star Fox 2 and Star Fox the original Star Fox for a virtual console I have played that game but not very much I've certainly never beaten it my <laughs> first real Star Fox game was Star Fox 64 was it was that yours too or was yours the first one was it adventures uh, no the first one was uh, the original um, oh you played the original yeah uh, I was I was I was still a youngster at the time, so I can't really remember exactly when I played it. But because uh, my brother bar borrowed it from uh, one of his friends, um, and it's actually called Star Wing over here. Right, right. Because um, you didn't have the rights; they didn't have the rights there. Oh no. Um, so, but yeah, I actually love that game. I've actually uh, got it now. Uh, bought it off eBay a few years ago. Yeah, and playing it. Um, Playing it, uh, it is it is a bit difficult um, to um, like with the controls and everything, uh, especially doing a barrel roll because you have to hit either the L or R button twice. Uh, that's uh, something I'm still not used to because in Star Fox Assault, you only have to press the button once uh, to do a barrel roll, um, as well as in Adventures. So. Oh yeah, but in in uh, in Star Fox uh, sixty four, you had to type twice. You had to do twice. Uh, Press yeah, Z that's... or R twice. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I haven't played uh, Star Fox sixty four that much. Um, oh okay. It's... Well, I highly Cause... recommend it. All right. Well, I've got it on the three DS. Uh, it came out. Oh, okay. um, when was it? Twenty thirteen? Was it something like uh, that? Um. I found it like just a bit complicated, but I still love the game now. Um, yeah. Uh, I just uh, since I got back from uh, from Dallas, I haven't had time to play any of my games. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that um, you know, there's something I want to kind of try uh, because, as as I've mentioned before, I am a game former game programmer. I still program games, but not as a profession anymore. I do web development stuff now, but. 
Um, it turns out that the physics of Star, Star Fox, like flying physics, like the how the R-Wing moves, both the all-range mode and the forward motion, like the uh, where it's just you're driving through a, a corridor up and down, left and right, but you're moving forward. Yeah. That physics in, in game programming is actually really simple. It's, it's, it's actually probably simpler than writing like a third person uh, running around on platforming. It's probably actually even easier than that. Uh, and I've actually, I have implemented from scratch the R-Wing physics for all range mode. And I've almost, I haven't, I haven't finished it, but I've started work on uh, implementing the corridor mode R-Wing physics. And it's not going to take me very long. I just haven't had time. But the point is, is that one of the things I would like to do is I would like to take this simple R-Wing physics and re-implement basically the first level of Star Fox 6, I mean, the original Star Fox for Star, Star Fox for the Super Nintendo, but basically get rid of all of the limitations and do it in a stylized way. So it would still be like these, you know, white and blue polygons that made up the ship. Okay, it would be like super low res polygons, but they but the the graphics would be like full HD, you know, or 4K, okay? So it would be like a retro polygon gameplay, you know. And I could build this I could build the city with the skyscrapers and the robots walking around. That wouldn't actually be very, very hard. I could do that from scratch. It'd take me a while, but it would be an interesting thing to to play like a retro Star Fox, like brought into the modern age but still kind of old. I kind of want to I kind of just want to you know, take a couple weeks off and make that game and then release it. It would be it would be a fun little project. So every time I see that old Star Fox graphics, I'm like, oh, I should I should make a retro Star Fox. It'd be so awesome. Yeah, it would. <laughs> You'd play it. Oh yeah. At least one yeah. person would play it. Yep, definitely. Alright, well that concludes all of the old news, at least the ones we're gonna talk about since last time. I know it's been too long since we did a podcast, but with all the video editing and E3 and stuff, I just uh, we both didn't have time, and uh, I was kind of, in some cases, in the case of E3, I wanted to wait a little bit so I would, I wouldn't, the podcast wouldn't get overshadowed by recent announcements. So now that we get, we're kind of in a lull, we kind of know what's going to happen uh, until the holiday season, and then you know we've got this month and the next month. We don't expect anything to happen. Uh, the Smash Brothers ballot is going to end in October. We're at the beginning of September. So the earliest time we can find out that what the new star, new Smash Brothers characters are is going to be in October. That's the earliest period we're going to find out. But it'll probably be much longer than that. They might actually wait until E3 of next year. And then we've got November. I've got several events planned for November associated with the new Star Fox Zero. Uh, I have at least two things I'd like to do, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to reveal them at this time. But I'm planning some stuff. So uh, this is a good time to do the podcast. We're kind of in a lull, so this is great timing. So now that we've done the old news, let's talk about the new stuff. Okay. So first off, uh, Brian, I sent Brian the notes. Uh, Brian, we're going to skip the first two things there because those are the secrets I just mentioned that I'm not going to talk about. All right. So don't mention those two things. I'll, okay. I won't. <laughs> All right. So... Um, 
So these are just like 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 you like I've said. The next big things we can expect to hear about are Star Fox Zero stuff in November, and possibly Smash Brothers stuff uh, from October on. So I don't know of any other Star Fox related stuff going on. So the upcoming plans are going to be just a couple of things. Upcoming stuff. So first off, I mentioned in my presentation back in February that there's some videos I'd like to make. Still plan to make them uh, and now is a really good time to do that because we're in a lull so I'll be able to start working on that. Second thing, um, we got. let's talk about the website. So we had the hack and I still have that banner at the top of every of the first page saying look we were hacked you know all this time ago it's been I don't know three years since we were hacked it's been so so long uh, but you know it's been it's been too long I need to get that done so I'm gonna make a pledge to get that done soon and just go through just bite the bullet and get all that stuff ready to go the second thing is that I went to a small presentation uh, of my hosting company. My website is hosted in dreamhost.com. They're, they're my hosting provider, the people who host the Crystal Archive. And I've been very happy with their service. Uh, but I'm using their shared service. Their, my, the Crystal Archive exists on a website, on a web server, with like 100, 200 other websites. Which is fine most of the time, but if if something happens where that where one of those websites is using a lot of ma memory or CPU or something, the Crystal Archive is going to get slower, or it might even go down, uh, and it won't even be the hosting provider's fault. It'll be the fault of whoever else is on my server. Okay. So I went and talked to these these guys. They had a they had a tour where they go across the United States and visit a couple of cities. And they visited my city, Austin, Texas, and I got to go out and meet them and talk to them about my site and what I'm wanting to do and what I'm looking forward to. And they were able to convince me to change to a VPS. Now, VPS stands for Virtual Private Server. And long story short, instead of sharing my server with hundreds and hundreds of other websites, my website is now going to be shared with 10 people. And not only that, but not only is it only like 10 people, but uh, I have a dedicated amount of RAM. So no matter what the other person is doing, I'm guaranteed to at least have a certain amount. So look, so just doing that, we can look forward to faster speeds. Uh, less downtime. Usually you don't see much downtime with the Crystal Archive, thankfully. But occasionally I'll be on there late at night and it'll actually be down. I can't post for like 30 minutes. Probably because somebody's doing something silly on the server. So that should be a thing of the past. So we're going to get some speed ups. Now that does come at a higher cost. It's going to basically double the cost that I'm paying every month from about $8 a month to about $15 a month. <sighs> Now that's okay, but if you guys are interested in, in donating, uh, that is probably one of the primary things I will be using it for. Before, when I had my server, uh, the Crystal Archive was basically hosted for free 
because of uh, how it was work how it worked uh, with my other websites. They were the Crystal Archive was basically funded by the other websites, but now, oh, and, and any donations that I got, any donations that I got for the Crystal Archive, I want to make it clear that I'm only using that stuff for crystal related stuff. Uh, it basically it goes into it goes into a holding area in my in my uh, PayPal account, and then I only use it to to buy things that are re directly related to the Crystal Archive. So when I bought I bought the capture device uh, that helped me get uh, video footage of the of the Star Fox games. I bought um, I paid some bounties for people who helped decode the Star Fox command sprite sheets and things like that. So going forward, any donations that are made to the Crystal Archive will help fund the hosting, uh, which is going to be you know doubling, like I said, every month um, to about fifteen dollars. Which is fine. Even if I don't get any donations, I can eat that. No problem. But it would be nice uh, because it is, it, like I said, it is a doubling. Uh, and it's not that much per month. Don't, don't worry about that. But just letting you know that that's where a lot of the donation funds will go from now on. Second thing. The uh, SVG. We talked about SVG with Crystal's Tattoo. And that brings us back to the title bar. Uh, header that uh, Gray Firefox uh, made for us, and as much as I like it, uh, it has to go away at least some of the time. So here's what I'm thinking: uh, I'm going to replace that image with another image of Crystal, but implement it as an SVG, uh, a vectorized one. So it's going to be kind of a minimalistic, simplified color scheme Crystal. But trust me, it's going to look very good. And I know it's going to look good because I've already commissioned a guy to help me make it. And this artist has very graciously helped me. Uh, I mean, I paid him for it, but I mean, he, I told him up front, I said, this is, gotta, this is not just a piece of art. This is a piece of art that has to be tiny. So he's worked with me back and forth, back and forth, and we're, we're almost done with the artwork. And once he finishes that up, uh, I'm going to have a picture of crystal that we can describe mathematically. And then I'm going to go through it by hand and hand edit the algorithms that give you this curves and the lines that make up crystal's features. And the resulting image will be at least six times smaller than that, that image of crystal uh, that we have now which is going to make a massive improvement on how fast I can load the site. Because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make the website faster and more secure. Bringing it to the VPS, that's going to make it faster and it will have less downtime. Using SVG, it's going to make the whole website load, load faster. I'm also looking into HTTPS and other security so I can make sure that when you go to the Crystal Archive, uh, what you see is what you should see and is not being uh, tampered with by your hosting provider or anybody else or in the future you know if I allow people to sign in and have accounts uh, you'll be able to sign in and be and be assured that no one is stealing your cookies or, 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 or faking your login or stealing your password or whatever that won't be possible uh, in the future that's gonna be coming in a couple of months hopefully and it was gonna cost something extra but I'm working on a deal 
to make the security features uh, free. So that's going to be really good. I'm working on other speedups too. Uh, mostly anywhere I can get rid of images and use flat colors, I'm going to try and do that. Uh, also, we're getting bigger screens now, so I'm going to change the website a little bit so that it can handle these really wide screens, like 4K screens. 4K screens are starting to become popular. So I'm going to make the site be able to handle that, while at the same time also still handling the phones and the, the Nintendo uh, Wii browser. Okay? All the, I've got to support all these different browsers. So that's going to involve some changes. And lastly, and this is probably going to make the biggest difference in terms of how making the site appear to load fast, uh, is going to be doing some deferred image and videos. So right now, when you load the page, it loads every single image you see, and all the YouTube embeds, it starts loading those. And that's just way too much. The site's like four megabytes every time you load it, and that's way too much. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a thing where uh, it detects when you're scrolling, so it's only going to load the images and the videos when you when you scroll to them. And and don't worry, it's gonna it's gonna I'm gonna make sure it looks fine. It's gonna look quick. It's gonna look clean. Uh, there'll probably be a temporary image in the, there in place while it's waiting to load. That'll be like a, a super small version of whatever image or video that you would normally see, just blurred out or something. And then when you scroll to it, it'll load in. And you won't have to pay for all that cost up front. Or if you, if you just read the first story, like the first couple of stories, you don't have to pay for any of the cost down below. Uh, when you're using your mobile phone or something else uh, where you're actually paying for your bandwidth directly, this is going to make a huge difference because the Crystal Archive has a ton of pictures. So that's going to be an ongoing project. I'm probably not going to do it all at once. I'm probably going to make small changes here and there over the course of many months uh, to bring that in. Uh, does that, did any of that make sense to you, Brian? It did, yeah. Okay. Um, I explained it well? Yeah. Okay. Anything you're looking forward to in particular? Uh, I don't know if I've... Did I show you the picture? Yes. I think I've shown you. Yeah. I've shown him the preview of the new crystal picture. You you like it? Yeah, it's, it's really good, yeah. I love it. Uh, I'll just... just I won't describe it exactly, but I told the artist, I said, I want an image that is simultaneously uh, an action pose, like Crystal is doing something. She's not just sitting there or not just posing for the camera. She's, a, she's actively doing something. But I don't want it to be violent. I don't want it to be too active. And, and I gave him all these weird parameters, and he came back with the perfect image, I think. Something where she's She's doing an action pose, but she's so graceful. She's so in the moment. So uh, she's got like a little kind of a, sh a slight smile on her face, like she knows exactly what's happening. You'll you will see uh, what that looks like, uh, hopefully very shortly. And I'm looking forward to it. And of course, I'll make wallpapers because again, this is a vector image. I can make it as big or small as I want. If you want a 4K wallpaper. Of, uh, of crystal in this image, uh, we can do that. You know, the other thing that I just had a thought of that I forgot about, uh, or I just thought of just a couple of days ago, is because this is a vector image, I can control it with code. I can actually do stuff to it on the web page. So I was thinking of doing some funny stuff like, um, 
on occasion, I can actually, I can, because re right now she's wearing her adventure suit uh, in the image, I can actually replace the suit with her assault suit with just a few lines of code. We can just have multiple suits. So that'll be pretty cool. And then the other thing I thought would be funny is if, uh, we, right now when you go to the 404 page, like if you go to any page that doesn't exist on the site, it'll tell you, look, that page doesn't exist, and, and it makes some suggestions of what you should do. Right now it's a picture of, a, of, a, of Crystal on the Cloud Runner, and she's just dropped her staff. And I put, have a giant arrow pointing to her staff, and it says, the thing you were looking for, and then a pointer to Crystal says, she lost it, okay? So, <laughs> right? So yeah. you, all you have to do is you, you just go to the Crystal Archive and you type slash, and then just type some random word that you know will never be on the Crystal Archive, like, I don't know, stock stock market investing, okay? <laughs> CrystalArchive.com slash stock market investing. You're going to get the 404 page, all right? So, uh, but anyway, instead of that, instead of that picture, I was thinking I'll take that whole picture of Crystal with the new picture that, that's going to be the SVG, and instead of calling her blue and white, I'll fill up her entire like her entire color scheme of her fur with static, and I can animate the static like it's a like like she's missing right. Instead of it being blue and white, it'll be staticky. Like like a like a TV when you when you don't have a signal or whatever. Ah. So I can do all sorts of stuff like that. It'll be fun. Nice. Okay, the last bit of stuff before we get to questions is uh, I have personally purchased a 3D printer, and I'm really excited about it because with a 3D printer I can make literally any anything. And of course that means that I'm going to be making uh, crystal figurines, which hopefully we'll get to see some. I'll probably print like a scaled, scaled bust of crystal where it's just like from her, from her chest up. So that'll be pretty cool. I'd also like to make a working uh, staff. So I can print like the head of the staff and have it and use a gear system and it'll actually open when you twist the, when you push a button or when you twist the staff or something. So I'm hoping to make a game-accurate crystal staff. And that's going to be a fun project. And there's other stuff I want to do, too. Uh, I'm, I'm, the reason why I bought it now instead of in the future is I want to make, uh, as a thing completely separate from the crystal archive, I like to do cosplay. And uh, a 3D printer is the ultimate thing to have when you want to cosplay because you can make anything. So. I'm planning on making some really complex cosplays that you probably won't hear about on the Crystal Archive because because uh, that's a thing that I do under my real name, not under my uh, Mr. Crystal name. So, but that's the reason why I got it now versus you know five years from now. So uh, hopefully in the in the maybe not in the near future, but sometime next year I'll have some crystal related 3D print stuff to show off. And so that's all the new upcoming plans I have for the Crystal Archive. Brian, do you have any comments or things I uh, missed that you want to comment on? Um, it looks all good from here. All right. I covered everything. This is great, too, because I did the show notes in like 30 minutes right before we started recording, so I'm glad I did. I'm sure we missed something. Uh, 
I'm so glad to get this. I'm I'm so glad to get this this uh, this podcast done because there's so much stuff that's happened. And when we can finish talking about this, the next podcast can be laid back. Because right now we're looking at somewhere around an hour and forty minutes of recording uh, that we've got. So this, I told Brian at the beginning, this is going to be a long podcast. But we're done with the news, so now we can get into the questions and comments section and I've got two uh, two messages and I'm gonna read through the messages and what I rep- and how I replied uh, and then I would like to get Brian's take on each of them uh, in turn so okay. we'll let's get started so um, the first message I got comes from and it's they always pick names I can't pronounce uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pronounce it. Is uh, Shakan Heng? Shakan Heng writes, "Hey, Chris, now he he sent, he did not send this an e- as an email. He sent this as a uh, message on YouTube, a private message. So uh. here we go. Hey, Crystal Archive, I'm representing Crystal's support group on Smashboards. I don't use YouTube much, but I was told that this was probably the best way to contact you guys quickly." Didn't want to drop some random comment on one of your articles in the main site. Anyways, to the point. I assume that there are many regulars that follow you or visit your site frequently. I also noticed that you have a Steam community linked to your site with members. I'm hoping that all of these Crystal fans have voted in the Smash ballot to get Crystal into Smash 4 as DLC. I'm probably guessing yes. <laughs> now, if they have voted on the ballot... There's a poll going on on in the Smash community that's gauging character support. The poll is being held by a reputable news source in the Smash community called Source Gaming. They're well known for monitoring character support in Japan and have written articles about their findings. As the sort of hub for the Crystal fandom, I think it would be awesome if you could send out a reminder about the Smash Ballot and uh, a Smash Ballot out to everyone on your site and also link to the Source Gaming Poll as well. Here's the link to the Source Gaming Poll, and the link is http colon slash slash www.sourcegaming.info slash 2015 slash 09 slash 10 slash smash, oh sorry, slash poll smash 4, P-O-L-L-S-M-A-S-H-4. And that will take you to a list of polls, not one poll, but actually several polls uh, about different subjects, one of which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay, back to his message. And I'm sure you'll know where to find the Smash Ballot. He's talking about the official Smash Ballot on the Japanese Super Smash Brothers website. Sorry if this isn't the best way to contact you, but I wanted to contact you quickly. The ballot deadline ends in a month, and the poll won't be open forever either. I think a good showing on the poll may give us more ballot support. If people see that the ballot results, see these ballot results and see how well Crystal is supported, they may decide to join the winning team if they were otherwise on the fence with her. Of course, at the end of the day, any character's inclusion is entirely in Sakurai's hands. But if we make sure that Crystal's support is truly significant, then it'll be hard to ignore. Already, Crystal appears to be a top 10 character in terms of popularity and much of the competition 
has a question mark over their heads for various reasons, third-party issues, for instance. Basically, I think it is time that we bridge the gap between the various crystal support communities in this final stretch. Assuming you're connected with those other places, it would be a good time to get the word out wherever there are other crystal fans. Oh, and thanks for being awesome, and sorry about the long raid. Huh? <laughs> Pop over to the crystal support thread on Smashboards if you want to, maybe. Or just contact me directly if you'd rather. I'm happy to spread the support wherever we can. Mostly other gaming communities with mixed support. Hoping you have, hoping you can help us reach a lot of fans uh, we, that we aren't currently reaching. Thanks again. And that was his message. Now, uh, this is my response, and then I'd like to ask Brian to give his response to both the original uh, message and my response. I replied, hey, I'm not, I'm not Crystal Archive, I'm just Mr. Crystal. The Crystal Archive is just the name of the channel and my website, but you can always reach me directly at mrcrystal at gmail.com. Yes, we have all voted for Crystal on the official ballot. At least I hope so. Some have voted several times. Despite my insistence that they only vote one time, I will certainly, certainly remind people as the ballot finishes up in a little in a little less than a month so look for I'm gonna make another post on the Crystal Archive about you know the the poll is finishing up so if you haven't voted now is the time to vote and if you have voted please don't vote again that's dishonest <laughs> while I'm happily while I'm happy for the enthusiasm among the different communities in my many years online I have unfortunately been taught that online polls are essentially meaningless especially without some kind of voting ID or a way to make sure that there's only one vote cast per person. I did look through the vote, uh, the vote data of the universal poll that you linked and found that Crystal was the one runaway winner uh, in terms of total votes. And I actually did a rundown. Let me, let me just say, I did a rundown and found all, all the different requests because they, you were allowed to enter whatever name you wanted, so some people entered Crystal with the different spellings. So I got all the characters together, and I, and I counted out the totals for every different character. And here's what I found, okay? I'm going to start... There were a ton, a ton of characters who only got like one or two votes. I'm going to start with people who had seven votes or more, okay? So after cleaning up the data, out of 1,047 votes, they received... Seven for Ice Climbers. Seven for Midna and Wolflink. Seven for Bayonetta. Eight for Princess Daisy. Eight for Gino. Nine for Banjo and Kazooie. Twelve for, for Ridley from the Metroid series. Thirteen for Wonder Red from the uh, Wonderful 101 series. Thirteen for an, uh, uh, a Splatoon Inkling which have already appeared as a me fighter costume. Uh, 14 for Dixie Kong. 18 for Paper Mario. 24 for Rayman. 28 for Waddle Dee from the Kirby series. 29 for Wolf from Star Fox. 30 for Shovel Knight. 34 for Solid Snake. 39 for Professor Layton, 44 for Shantae, the uh, 
the uh, the genie character from the um, from Way Forward games. Sixty nine for Isaac from Golden Sun. Eighty five for King K. Rule, who is also you know a me fighter costume now. And lastly, at four hundred and forty one votes, Crystal from Star Fox. Wow. So <laughs> Crystal. So here's the numbers. Crystal was the runaway favorite, receiving 38.4% of the total vote, more than the 13 runner-ups combined. <sighs> All right. So wow. a lot of support. Now, now that was their poll, okay? So I was like, wow, she's like really supportive. Like she's the number one supported person. So I went and looked at some other polls, and she's like barely in the top 10. I was like, okay, so this just tells you why ballots – are not very trustworthy. Okay, so so let me continue on with it, with my reply. So after so I said uh, so I said uh, I looked through the data of the universal poll you linked and found that Crystal was a runaway winner in terms of total votes. But I've seen other polls where she's barely a contender. Perhaps we could have gotten better, really meaningful data if someone had created a poll where you had to pay at least a dollar to vote and you could only vote one time and because you have to do a transaction we can tell who you are you see you can't you do, you know there's there's money involved so there's a paper trail right uh, then you could rank characters both in terms of the number of votes and the total amount of money uh, that was, was spent on that character because you know you could vote you could say oh I want to give two hundred dollars for crystal even though it's one vote right this would ensure only one vote for a person, and the funds would go to some charity. Okay, perhaps for the next Smash game, I could set something up like that. We could set up a poll where we guarantee that only one person is voting, uh, or one vote, one vote per person, and we we could run it kind of like a humble indie bundle where you can see both the number of uh, purchases and also the to the like who got the biggest purchase or whatever. Anyway, that's just an idea. Continuing on, we know that Sakurai knows about Crystal and her popularity. We've voted the only official way we can. Now it's a waiting game. I decided a long time ago not to post fan polls or petitions because of their flimsy and unreliable, unreliable nature. So I must refrain from posting this too. But as I told him later, I was going to talk about it on the podcast along with these numbers. And, uh, you know, I will make a post. Yes, we will make a post uh, reminding people to vote if they haven't already. So, Brian, yep. what do you think about all this? Well, uh, well I'm gobsmacked at that. I mean, Crystal received. You're actually surprised, surprised she has that much support, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I know she's a popular character. Um, but, I mean, the part I'm gobsmacked at uh, is. The fact that she's 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 received over four hundred votes uh, when everybody else has had uh, less than a hundred. Yeah. Oof. So. so, but you know who knows? I mean that poll could be biased, but we do know that there's at least four hundred and forty-one people who like Crystal, which is which is I think more people than you know visit the Crystal Archive reg regularly. I know there's been more than that who's visited it total, but. But regular visitors are not even even 400 people. So, okay. Well, I was honestly surprised that she had that many too, although, like I said, this is just one poll of many, 
And I saw another poll where she was only like barely in the top 10 and she had 22 votes. And the main, the most popular character was, uh, I think it was Isaac from Golden Sun. He had several hundred. So, you know, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. All right. Last, last message from Lily who writes, Hello, Mr. Crystal. My name is Lily and I'm a big fan of Star Fox. My favorite character is Fox McCloud, and I sort of have a crush on him. And I admit that I am a little jealous of Crystal. I have never really liked Crystal because, one, she's Fox's girlfriend and I'm jealous of her. And two, she's overrated in my opinion. What? What I... It gets better. Okay. Uh, what What I mean by overrated is that I read... I read Star Fox fan fiction on fanfiction.net all the, uh, and all I can really find are fanfics focused mostly on Crystal. Uh, and when there are a decent when there is a decent fanfic that features all of the characters, it usually gets abandoned and which just really grinds my gears. <laughs> also, on DeviantArt, it is really really hard to find uh, artwork of Crystal where she isn't wearing revealing or tight clothes. I would like her. I would like her more if she wore something a bit more sensible. Also, your site. Don't get me wrong. Your site is awesome, and I check on it for the latest Star Fox news. What frustrates me is it is mostly centered on Crystal. It's all Crystal this and Crystal that. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal isn't the only Star Fox character, you know. <laughs> all right, wait. Let, let, let's be nice. Let's okay. be nice. I'm sorry. Okay, you'll you'll see in a minute. Okay. Anyway, I'll I'll mention at this point that that Lily, while very enthusiastic fan, and I appreciate her coming to the site, and I think she's a great person, is a, a very young teenager. She's a very young young lady. So uh, the way the way she speaks is understandable in in light of her age. Okay, just putting that out. All right. Continuing on. So this comes to my this this comes to my question. What makes you like Crystal so much? Is it because she is sexy and or you have a crush on her? Is it because she is the only female Star Fox character which makes her stand out? Or is it because you think she is really that great of a character? Uh, so thanks Mr. Crystal and she looked forward to my response. So well, I could tell that she's a younger lady and so I responded uh, the way I did. Um, so here's what I said. I can kind of tell what your reaction is already but <laughs> from your laughter. But all right, here's what I said. Greetings, Lily. Believe me, I understand. I think there were at least, I think there were at least two other girls who frequented the Crystal Archive and Star Fox Online who crushed on Star Fox or Fox McCloud. He is a pretty heroic and nice guy, isn't he? Hmm. Well, we all have our favorites. I like all the Star Fox characters, even Slippy. <laughs> Other than Crystal, I'm a huge fan of Fox McCloud. Though for me as a guy, it's more of a manly respect than a crush, of course. <laughs> uh, I can't help you with your jealousy issue directly. I can remember almost feeling a similar way about Crystal my, and myself way back in the day. However, I've accepted that even if Crystal were real, she probably wouldn't uh, she would probably much rather be with Fox McCloud than someone like me. 
Now, not saying I'm not a catch here, okay? Just being realistic about what she might want. Perhaps you can try and think about Fox McCloud and what he would want in the same way if he were real. I feel your pain. Writing for Star Fox is difficult because Star Fox is inherently a very action-oriented in the way that it that doesn't really translate very well to the written word. Plus, fan fiction has historically not been that great of a source for high-quality writing, although that appears to be changing slowly now that e-books are starting to become popular replacements for traditional publishing. Perhaps you could try your hand yourself at writing some better fan fiction that addresses your concerns. I, too, pre prefer the more practical outfits for Crystal. I can understand her tribal garb in adventures, but since then she's been more fully clothed. My favorite fan arts uh, have her either clothed in a more practical tactical gear or showing in her in poses that are cute but not too revealing. Unfortunately, as they say in the industry, sex sells. So uh, I was recently informed that a lot of artists and writers who create stuff related to Crystal don't actually know much about the games uh, in which she was originally found. I should say uh, people who are a lot of the people uh, let me clarify here, a lot of the artists and people uh, writing stuff and drawing stuff about Crystal who are doing the the kind of stuff that we don't mention on the Crystal Archive or the podcast because of its inappropriate nature. Uh, a lot of those artists, it turn out, uh, don't actually play the game. They're just looking for something uh, attractive to draw. Uh, something that they can sexualize. They <sighs> actually don't know anything about her as a character. And that is really, really sad. I think that's really sad. Because I think there is a good character to be found uh, when you look at it. But I'm going to continue uh, reading uh, where I left off. Let's see. This saddens me immensely because those people... Because these people and the people who see their art will have a skewed understanding of the character because all they're seeing is these sexualized representations. It is true that Crystal is not it is true that Crystal is not the only Star Fox character, but the site is called the Crystal Archive for a reason. Whenever I see some interesting Star Fox news, I try to post about it, even if it's not directly specifically crystal related. But I don't think it would be appropriate to post Fox or Falco fan art alone. Unfortunately, the two great Star Fox fan sites, StarFoxOnline.net and ArwingLanding.net, do not update quite as frequently as the Crystal Archive. They have forums, and they and those stay active, though. Uh, perhaps you can find more Fox or non-Crystal Star Fox characters. Uh, fandoms on those sites forums in addition to the Crystal Archive perhaps you could go there instead uh, you know but keep coming back to the Crystal Archive don't get me wrong but you know maybe you can find some more people talking directly about Fox and Falco and the other characters alright why do I like Crystal well originally I might have crushed on her a bit I admit she is certainly attractive and there's no getting around that plus her blue coloration is very exotic and it interests me for her design alone I also like her voice and her character. She's cute, British, and innocent, yet she's willing to fight when she needs to. I like that she uses a staff, which is a weapon I studied in Taekwondo. This is a really long time ago, by the way. I was a teenager. Uh, anyway, 
She uh, she's a very different character from the others, and she grew up with she grew up with psychic powers on a strange, possibly primitive planet. The rest of the characters in the Star Fox universe are all pilots and scientists, with in a very futuristic spacefaring culture. So she represents a very different culture and very different uh, character than the other than the others in the series. Crystal is not, however, the only female character in the Star Fox universe. There's Cat, who I also like. Uh, Amanda and a few others, but Crystal definitely steals steals the show for the reasons I mentioned above. Keep in mind that I've been a Star Fox fan since 1996 when Star Fox 64 came out, and I've been watching Crystal as a character for over 10 years. As I've run the Crystal archive and served almost as an ambassador to, of Crystal to others such as yourself, I personally have come to think of Crystal more along the lines of a brother-sister type relationship rather than a crush relationship. Although, so almost like an older brother, it's my job to look out for her. I love her, but more like a family, family member would, not in a romantic way. I'm probably not Crystal's type, if you want to be completely honest. So that's how I ended it, and thank you for that, Lily. I understand where you're coming from, but, you know, that's my response. Brian, you you had some thoughts, I think. Yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, no offense when I say this, but I have to disagree with uh, Lily when she said um, Crystal was overrated. Um, I don't believe that she is. Um, She's not rated highly enough, huh? Uh, yeah, I'd say that. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think she could do with... Um, being more, um, how do I say, like, noticed a bit more. Um, and um, she, yeah, I, I got a mess as well. I've, I had uh, a, a small crush with her as well. Oh. But that's, <laughs> that's uh, it's only like, um, like a fan to, uh, to Crystal, because I'm a huge fan. Um, as same as uh, same as you, Mister Crystal, I've uh, it's it's nothing romantic. It's just I'm a big fan of Crystal. Um, you, do you see her? Do you see her kind of in a familial way, like a brother sister type thing? Sort of, yeah. Sort of, uh, yeah. Not exactly. Uh, well, I, I didn't think of it that way. I suppose uh, like a really good friend type person. Sure. All right. And then, uh, and then uh, let's see, what else? Uh, we talked about the differences of Crystal between her and the rest of the game series. Yeah. Characters. Um, Definitely different. The, yeah, there is... Uh, I mean, Crystal isn't the only um, member of Star Fox, as, as you said. Uh, that is true, and I am a fan of uh, the other characters as well. Even uh, Slippy. Even Slippy, yeah. <laughs> um, just yeah, I just uh, people like people always rag on Slippy, but I'm like, without Slippy, there would be no Arwing. Exactly. He's the, yeah. he's the mechanic. Mm. Um. So and is, I suppose the reactions of um, oh, Slippy's reactions uh, of um, everyone, uh, everyone else making jokes. Um, uh, like like we covered earlier, uh, that that just that just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, well that's good. Okay, well anyway, I talked to Lily uh, 
multiple times after this, and she did give me her permission to uh, talk about this on the podcast. But she, uh, after my initial response, uh, she agreed with me that that you know my position on Crystal is very reasonable now that uh now that she's heard it you know from the horse's mouth yeah. uh, where it's coming from right so um so yeah so i thought it was a good exchange and i hope that she will continue to vi- i know that she's visited this, the crystal archive since then because she's commented on some of the posts i hope that she will continue to enjoy it and uh if she's been listening this long she'll hear herself uh mention on the podcast so that's fun all right well that is the end and i I actually have a meeting to get to so what we will do is we'll end it there and as always when we're ending the crystal archive podcast i want to thank you all for uh attending and listening to us ramble on for it looks like a little <laughs> over two hours which is about how long i expected it to take um given how much stuff we had to talk about um and uh sorry this wasn't like a live broadcast or a video podcast but that seemed like way too much work. It's already going to be a lot of work to uh, combine the, the two audio streams that we're both recording uh, because it's a guest podcast. But I wanted to have a guest because guest podcasts are always more interesting. So if you have any comments, questions, uh, challenges, or death threats, send them all <laughs> to mrcrystal at gmail.com. You can always find me there. It may take a little long to... Uh, respond because I'm super busy there's several hundred emails in my inbox but I will read your email assuming it doesn't go to my spam inbox but it almost never does and I want to thank you very much Brian for being on the show we've enjoyed having you and your comments and maybe we'll do this again sometime I'm looking forward to it alright and with that this has been the oh do you want to say something to, to close out um well just uh, that's this interview has been a real a real a thrill for me and i'm hoping that there'll be another one and i'm really looking forward to that all right you're gonna you gonna you can practice your presentation skills and maybe you can maybe you can introduce some of the stories and i can respond that sounds good that'd be awesome all right with that uh i want to thank you all for listening to this the crystal archive podcast episode number 36 and we'll see you next time see you later